0: Now, KMOX at your service. Welcome to the Helotech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show. Now, here's your host, Scott Mosby, on KMOX.
1: Well, good Saturday morning, everyone. Welcome to the Helotech Foundation Home Improvement Show on a Saturday at your service here on KMOX. Scott Mosby's taking a little time off. Uh, Greg Damon's sitting in the big chair. You know I can't help you with all your questions. But I have Denny Core in from Mosby Building Arts here, and he's going to answer all your questions today. Denny, how are you doing, my friend? I'm
2: doing great. Uh, you know, it's just uh, a little chilly out there today, though. <laughs>
1: it's a little chilly outside. It is. We were warned. You know, we didn't ha- have any fall, so no. so you know what I think is going to happen. What? 70s in December.
2: Well, that's that could happen. You know, that's <clears> you know <clears throat> that's the way St. Louis is. The way the uh, the summer came on. This the same thing happened this winter. So we had about a four day transition. Four day fall
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, we're here to take all your questions. Here's the numbers 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. We'll take uh, Denny, you going to take all calls today? Doesn't matter what I, it is. I'll take everything.
2: Everything, everything. I don't know that I'll have an answer, but I'll take every answer.
0: <laughs> that's <laughs> kind
1: of that's kind of what I do on the auto show. Well, you know. So, you know we, I'll, we, I'll talk about uh, talk about whatever. I'll I'll give you an answer the best I
2: can. Well, you know that's that's the truth, or I'll give you an answer that I don't have the answer. So <laughs> I'll give you an answer you don't like. How's that? Well,
1: that, that I, that's something we're used to, actually. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So business, obviously, with the uh, with with uh, I'm I'll say it. Wintertime coming on. I'm assuming business is uh, starting to get a little busy. People want. Uh, you know, make sure that their house is ready for the winter. And I, I, I'm, I'm guessing there's a lot of roof issues right now.
2: Well, roofs are, are a big issue right now. Uh, but, you know, the thing is that people need to just look, go outside and look at their house because uh, the problem is people don't. And uh, when you have an, assess- certainly when you have a, a onset of cold weather the way we have, uh, there's a lot of things that change. You want to make sure you're, you check out your roof, obviously. If your leaks, things like that, you want to check out your gutters. Uh, make sure that uh, they're clear so that they're not clogging up, filling up with water, and then freezing because that's a real mess when that happens. Uh, you also want to make sure your hoses are disconnected from your faucets. Oh, yeah, outside. that's a big one. That's a huge one. And then if you don't have a frost free uh, faucet, you want to make sure you turn off your water on the inside and drain that pipe so that, that it's not freezing up and uh, causing you, because you know, what will happen is we'll break on the inside. And then all that water going to has to go somewhere, and it's the crack is on the inside. It's going to be all over the basement.
1: I never, never, never knew that. I don't know if I got frost-free faucets outside or not on Casa Damon.
2: Well, if it's a house built after probably 1980, more than likely it would have a frost-free faucet on the outside. But if you haven't frozen sure, yet, I guess yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if it hasn't frozen yet, you probably have frost-free. But uh, if for some reason it's an older home or things like that, you want to make sure you disconnect that faucet absolutely. And then you really should turn, shut off your water line.
1: What about putting one of those uh, you know, those foam encapsulated uh, covers that they sell at the local box store to put that's, on top of? That? That's a good,
2: that's a extra help just to make sure you're protecting it. So okay. that's a great idea.
1: All right. Well, fantastic. We've got some folks coming in here on the phone lines. Tell you what, let's do a quick break. We're going to come back with your phone calls. You're listening to Saturday at Your Service here on KMOX. This is the Helotech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show on a Saturday at your service. Greg Damon, Denny Kaur sitting in here today. We're going to take all your phone calls, 314-436-7900, 1-800-925-1120. We'll be back right for these.
0: Welcome back to the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show. Now, once again, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. Welcome back, everybody.
1: Eleven twelve is your time, right here in the heart of Mid America. This is the Helotech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show on a Saturday at your service here on KMOX. Denny Car, Denny Core in from Mosley Building Arts. Greg Damon answering your phone calls. You know I can't answer any questions, but Denny's going to Denny's going to. He's going to push through it. He's going to rock through it. I'm going to do the best that I can. (laughs) That's right. Absolutely. We would love for you to join us. Here's the phone numbers, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Scott off uh, buying a new level or something today? Is that Uh, what's going on? I
2: think he's he's off into a warmer climate, I think, if if, if you ask me. That's, That's where, where we, I'd be today. Uh, you and me both. I'm, <laughs> I'm looking forward to those days.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. We're going to get into a little bit about that, about your home and, and getting colder outside in a little bit. But let's go to the phones. How about that? That sounds great. All right. Let's go first. Let's talk to Debbie. Hey, Debbie, guess what? You got the pole position today here on the Helotech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show. Debbie, go ahead. Hi. I have a question about
3: my concrete foundation. Okay. On the outside, the smooth finish that's on the very outside, I've got like three different spots that a part of the concrete has peeled off. It's like an eighth to a quarter of an inch thick, and it just kind of like fell off. Is that any indicator of like my foundation shifting, or is it possibly when they originally poured the foundation, it was sub-zero weather when they were pouring. Could that have affected it?
2: Uh, it certainly could be an, a factor in it. Uh, when you're pouring below freezing, there's some, they put some additives in it, uh, in the solution to help it, uh, solidify, um, Okay. <clears throat> excuse me. And it sounds kind of like you're there. So the foundation is just almost like, um, when you're thinking of a driveway, you know, that's somewhere they'll, they'll smooth all out and do all of that stuff. When on a foundation, they're pouring it in between forms and they, They'll usually vibrate it down so that it uh, moves all that concrete so it's nice and tight. Well right. also, It will also make um, the basically the I kind of almost refer to it as a, a milky type surface on the outside. So up against the forms, uh, it's going to be a very. Yeah, it's it's not the right way to address it, but it's in essence, it's like the the coating on the outside edges. Uh, and that's what's fallen off. So it's probably not anything about it shifting. It's probably, because if it was shifting, you'd see cracks. That would definitely right. be an ind- indication of that. Um, do
3: I need to put any kind of sealer over these few spots that did pop off like that? Uh, or I, what do you suggest?
2: So if it's an unsightly thing, you could do something. Otherwise, I I, I personally wouldn't worry about it a whole lot. It's not okay. affecting the actual foundation. Uh, you may see some of the aggregate, you know, through the, uh, yeah, the part that's come off. That. But but it really, the foundation is still sound and solid. So okay. it, it's really so more an aesthetic thing than it, it is a functional thing. Okay. Structure.
3: I had one other question then. We had had a new roof put on and they did a ridge vent. And I had heard on your show one other time. They had said when I went into my attic, I should be able to see daylight. Did I hear correctly?
2: Well, you should be uh, able to see, um, depending on the type of ridge vent they put on there. Uh, they'll do. They'll have a a cut in the plywood or or the roof decking surface right. that's up there, and there you should be able to see the bottom side of the ridge vent. So, uh, because there are different types of ridge vents, there's some that's a, a almost like a. Styrofoam or fo- foam rubber type of piece that goes over it. You'll see a black okay. surface, or you'll see the underneath of a plastic cover. Um, but it, there should be an opening at the top to make sure air okay. is getting out. Now, the the really other critical piece to a ridge vent is if you have gable vents. Yeah. do you, do I you do. have gable vents? I do. Okay, those should actually be sealed off.
3: Okay.
4: Because
2: what you've done is you've changed the flow of air by the. Because previously your gable vents were acting as your exhaust, and now yes. your ridge vent is acting as your exhaust. So then the okay. gable vents become intake. If, if that okay. makes does that make sense? Okay,
3: yeah, it does make sense. Uh, okay, so what, what you usually close off the gable vents with then? Do I just seal that with like thick plastic? Or I need? Uh, you could do sand?
2: like a styrofoam pieces. You can just seal oh, okay. it over the top of that, and then if you use um, a spray on foam that will help yeah. seal. Make sure there's no air coming in around it. Now the, okay. there is one other little piece I want to make sure I get to, you, <laughs> and that okay. is you need to have some intake from your overhangs, so okay. it has to be able to breathe from down low, and then run all the way up to the roof ridge vent and then exhaust from that point. So okay, uh, so my to,
3: over my overhead my overhang should have those like those louvered vent type okay. or the mesh type vents in them.
2: Okay, good, and okay. That, that's that's what you want. Um, okay. There's other things we could talk about, but, uh, you know, call okay. call the office if you have any questions. If you can, okay, if you thank to. you. All right. Thank All right. you. I thank,
5: appreciate your time. Thanks, Bye-bye. Debbie. Good appreciate day.
2: the phone call. Let's move
1: on. How about we talk to Anita? Hi, Anita. You're up next on the Home Improvement Show.
5: Hi. Hi. Uh, this is a problem with my toilet. Okay. Whenever I flush it, it whistles. Uh, okay. Is that a sign of something bad?
2: Uh, so it's probably the um, valves inside the toilet where the water comes in. It could be some clogging there. It, it hasn't done that all along, or it has.
5: Oh no, it hasn't. It's, it's been it's not very loud, but it it happens when I flush it, and I'm worried about it.
2: So uh, it's it's just it's probably a small obstruction in the valve that lets the water into the toilet. Um, that
5: lets the water into the toilet.
2: Correct. so it's got a float and stuff on it. Right. Right, yeah. so where all that's working, uh, the minerals in the water sometimes will corrode around the edges, and, and it's probably a restriction, and that's what's causing the whistling. Uh, so those pieces, if you get those changed out, that that's probably the best way to do it.
5: Oh, change change
2: the, the valve? Uh. The, yeah, the float, which is actually the part where the, the water comes in, and then there's a valve that comes in from the wall. Uh, there's a shut-off valve there disconnect all of that replace those uh, replace all the stuff from that that uh, shutoff valve up and you should be okay
1: yeah all the, all the guts in the tank right
5: in uh, all what hon?
2: all the guts that are in the tank right
5: oh, all the guts in the tank replace all that stuff
2: right right.
5: Okay. Greg that, said it
2: much more elegantly than I did. <laughs> I, I just I couldn't come up with the right words for oh, you. God,
5: well, that's what I understand. Whenever you know, I said, "What well, should I say, commode, or should I say toilet?"
2: Uh, you know, they all work. That's right. <laughs> and, well, ho- thankfully, they, they do. Yeah, that's right.
5: <laughs> well, it's no big not, until I get it done. It's no big deal. It's not going to, you know.
2: No, nothing's going to happen. It's just it's going to be noisy. That's all.
5: Okay. All,
2: all right. right. Thank, Thank you so thanks,
1: much. Thanks, Anita. thanks, and appreciate the phone call. Denny, how long do uh, do those parts? I mean, that's a that, that's kind of a big topic. Uh, you know, replacing the the inside, the guts inside that tank. How long do they typically last? I mean, here you know we have really hard water. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially, I live in St. Charles County, so obviously we have really hard water. Uh, how often do that thing, I mean, is there is there like a lifespan, or is it pretty well, much like hey, will, when it, you start having problems, get rid of it?
2: That, that really is the the indicator. It's when you start having problems with it, it's time to go. The problem is, it could be. It could be three years. It could be eight years. It could be fifteen years. You know, and it's just—it right. really depends on the the water that's coming through and and uh, what the kind of mineral content is, and if it's going to corrode around those those pieces. So um, there's no s- absolute answer for it. It's just—you know, and it's you a cheap fix. It, yeah, if you wanted to replace it every five to seven years, it's probably not a bad idea. Just to keep it up and fresh.
1: Is there any sort of, uh, I mean, they sell all sorts of different kinds of uh, toilet guts. Mm-hmm. Is there any one particular brand
2: or type better than one of the other ones? Uh, none, not to my knowledge. Um, okay. I'd have to actually talk to my plumber to find out that. Okay. So, <laughs> I don't I don't have the answer on that one.
1: All right. See, I'm marking that one down, Denny. Uh-huh. Here we go. Okay. That's <laughs> the beginning of many, probably. <laughs> <laughs> go. Let's go back to phones. Let's talk to Steve. Hi, Steve, you're up next. On the KMOX I... Home Improvement Show. Hi,
2: Steve. How are you doing? All right. Fine. Thanks
6: for taking my call. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a question. I've got painters coming in, and they're doing a lot of patchwork because they've had to drive in some of the nails that seem to be popping out of the drywall.
7: Mm-hmm.
6: I have a 45-year-old ranch-style house, and about five years after it was put in, uh, they the owners then you put, had a, a company come out and put in a peering system because of the settling around the house and that.
8: Okay. And
6: I know that the whole subdivision pretty much was filled dirt put in.
8: Mm-hmm. And there's a
6: lot of houses that have cracks. But my question is, these nails popping out on the drywall that they're having to repair and patch, is that indicative of other problems or is that something that would be common to a 45-year-old house?
2: So is it at the walls or in the ceilings, or is it—and uh, is there any definitive— Most,
6: Mostly in the walls because the ceilings are all popcorns okay. ceilings, and you really don't see it. it so it's mostly around. in the walls.
2: Um, so it's it's—partly it's the age of the house, but it's probably—if you've been having that movement in the house, it's the nails are—because of the movement, they're wiggling, basically— and that's what breaks loose, the uh, mud, the compound on the, the mud. And that's why you're seeing those nails. And they'll start backing out with the different movement of the, the walls. Um, do you feel like the uh, peering project that they did has held up well, or is it or not? I've,
6: yeah, I think it's held up pretty well, though I do notice sometimes some of the doors, like the, or, or hard, are tighter case, yeah. and then other times they're they're loose so, so i'm guessing that has to do with movement
2: right and i would say that's probably related to foundation things so even though it's been peered uh, i don't know who did it or, or what technique they used at the time i would have a company like Helatech or somebody come out to to look at it because because there's sometimes there's some you know a, a peer doesn't hold the way it's supposed to or whatever it might be, that uh, uh, they can come and identify those kind of problems and, and probably solve that for you. And once you get the movement stopped, then you should really, the uh, nails shouldn't be an issue any further. Uh, and, okay. Okay? All right. Thanks a lot. All right. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Steve.
1: Mm-hmm. You're welcome. How about we uh, talk to Marie. Hi, Marie. You're up next on the Helotech Foundation Home Improvement Show on X.
9: Hi. Um... We're looking to possibly put the veneer or whatever the board is over our popcorn ceiling that has asbestos in it. Okay. Um, if we would cover it with this, I guess it's called veneer, um, how will that affect the real estate value of the house?
2: Yeah, it really shouldn't affect anything. If it's closed and encased, the asbestos is, is safe. Uh, and okay. with, the, with with the uh, veneer surface, is it going to be like a drywall or a different type of surface that's going to? We're
3: gonna... not
9: sure yet. We uh-huh. we are just like, okay, now which way are we going to go, or are we going to just say screw it and just leave it look like crap? <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, uh, I don't know. What to you say just today. talked about my house there, Marie. <laughs> just so you know that. Um, so if you know, it's just a an, it's a decision you have to make, but. Uh, um, as far as the, the asbestos, if you encase it, it's it's going to be fine. There won't okay. be any. There that shouldn't be any, anything as far as a resale value.
9: Okay, that's what we were looking to find out.
2: All
5: right. Thank you very much.
1: Thanks, Marie. Thanks, Marie. Okay. Appreciate Bye-bye. the phone call, folks. It's just that easy. Three one four four three six seven nine hundred one eight hundred nine two five eleven twenty. Denny, I kind of want to get back to the bad weather that's uh, that's coming. That's right, I said it. I did no, say, it's here. No, it, it's here. You know.
0: <laughs> it's uh, you know,
1: but like today, I'm sure many folks have woken up and went, wow, it really is cold. I better get some stuff done outside, right. you know, because it, essentially it is a nice day outside, just a little bit uh, cold. Uh, I wanted to ask you about a couple of things because I see some of my neighbors doing it, and I'm not really sure if it's something that should be done. Uh, but number one, I see a lot of folks covering their AC unit outside, covering up with a tarp and, and uh, bungee cording it down and stuff like that.
2: Well, that's a great idea. What it does is it will keep all the leaves and things like that, and from getting into that condensing the condensing unit. Excuse me. <clears throat> and uh, uh, you always want to protect that. It's it's just one of those kind of things. It's not going to be running for some time to come, so uh, you just want to cover it and, and keep the garbage out of there. Keep the if you if you think about what that looks like, there's a big fan that comes out through the top. You just want to make sure all that's closed off so that none of the leaves and and debris are falling in. And then even on the sides, you've got the uh, areas where leaves will get in and and clog up the venting system there. So it's just about making sure the system's kept free and clear.
1: I've always wondered, though, about uh, does that hold moisture inside and will that moisture affect... You know, either, either the AC coil or possibly the fan motor or it, something like that. It
2: shouldn't because usually most of those covers are not going to be airtight anyway. It, sh- it should still okay. allow some air movement in there. Um, and it's really and the key to everything, and especially moisture, any kind of moisture problems, is making sure there's air movement. If you uh, are taking care of that, there shouldn't be any problem.
1: Just remember, when you go to fire the air conditioner, take that to take off. take that off, yes. because that'd that, be really bad. That would be.
2: <laughs> that would, you might as well have just let all the be- the leaves close
0: up. That's, right. then, if that's <laughs> what you're gonna do.
1: Exactly. Now, what about? Uh, I see some folks have them roof turbines on there, and I mm-hmm. see them putting some garbage bags over top those and sealing those off.
2: Uh, and that's not a bad idea. Um, but it, by by the same token, the purpose of the, the the turbine up there is to vent the attic and. Venting is always good. I mean, the more air you have moving in the attic, the better off you are. And it doesn't matter what time of year it is. Right. So I personally, you know, whether you cover or not, I, I just think as long as you have some way to make sure that there's some air moving moving in the attic, you're okay. If you're closing that off by putting those covers over the turbines in particular, um, that's probably not a good thing in that particular situation.
1: Yeah, I wish my neighbor would do that, though, because his squeak.
2: Well, yeah, and, so. and the problem is it will squeak forever until it's replaced. So <laughs> is, is, Yes, yes, I understand that. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm sure you I've do. lost many,
1: many winks of sleep <laughs> over that. Yes. So let's, uh, let's try to sneak in a couple phone calls here real quick. How about we talk to Joan. Hi, Joan, you're up next on the Helotech Foundation Home Improvement Show.
8: Hi, Joan.
9: Hi, hi there. I have a toilet issue. Okay. Uh, at our house, the hall bath and the master bath are back-to-back. The mm-hmm. commodes are back-to-back. We recently, I, I have an old, a ranch-type home, and the, the toilets had been replaced uh, just a couple years ago, and we replaced the vent pipe that goes up through the ceiling, but now, when you flush the toilet, like in the master, the commode in the hall bath, a big bubble comes up. Mm-hmm. You almost get a bidet effect. Yep. And <laughs> And opposite, you know, the other way, too. Right. So uh, what do we do about that?
1: You can so, use less
2: toilet paper that way. <laughs> <one. laughs> <laughs> um, that's one solution. However, uh, the, the, the only way you'll ever solve that is because of the back-to-back toilet systems, they both go into the stack, and uh-huh. and you basically have two pipes that are opposite each other. So when you flush one... And with the newer toilets, they're so much more efficient, and they have so much force pushing the water through, it actually backs up into the other pipe, and that's what's causing the, the bubbling in the the other bathroom after you flush. Uh-huh. Um, so the only way to do it is to offset where those the drain pipes come into the stack. So unfortunately it means you're going to have to go in and open up Wherever the stack is, I don't know if it's a first or second floor or if it's easy to get to, but regardless, you're going to have to deal with it somehow or another. Um, Like if it's on a a first floor, uh, in the basement, you just take remove drywall if there's anything around the the stack, and then you just have to reconfigure the uh, stack drain pipes that are coming from the toilet Uh, and offset them so that they're not... Basically, what's happening is when you flush one, as I said, that the water just pushes... With such force, it pushes through to the other one and causes a bubble. You offset I, them and you put them at a slight angle, and and then there's then that problem's gone.
9: Offset them and put put them at an angle.
2: Right. If if you want to, it's something we run into all the time at Mosby. Uh, if you okay. want to give us a call, we'd certainly be glad to help you. Uh, I
9: bet you would. Um, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> all right. All right. Well. Uh, you know, I'm always afraid a guest is going to get a surprise when they're in my <laughs>
2: Well, you know, bathroom. as you said, you, as we have a bidet in the other room. We you just have to make sure <laughs> it's all on time. You
1: just say that you're European. That's all you got to yes, do. That's right. <laughs>
3: okay. All right. Thank you very much.
1: Thanks, all right. Joan.
2: Thanks, Joan. Uh,
3: bye-bye. Let's,
1: let's talk to Aaron. Hi, Aaron. You're up next on the Helotech Foundation Home Improvement Show.
2: Hello. How are you? Hi. Good. How are you doing? I'm doing totally good. Thank you. I have a problem with my... Uh, Sink in my hall bathroom, mm-hmm. uh, the, the water pressure in the sink is low. Okay. So I have a tub in there and toilet in there. Of the pressure both those are fine. Just the pressure on the sink is low. I'm, something I'm, that just started. I'm sorry, did you, were you able to get that? I couldn't quite the, make the it up. S- the
1: pressure on the sink is is low, okay. but everything
2: else is fine. All the other. S- so how old, how old is the sink? The sink. Uh, Uh, the faucet. Excuse me. Yeah, the faucet. I was, yes, maybe ten
6: years.
2: Okay. Uh, it's probably again. It's it's kind of like the lady you called with the toilet issue, where it's it's probably something clogged in there. So the first thing you could do is uh, see if there's a filter on the end where the uh, water comes out. Uh, Uh If you open, there's usually a like a screw on piece that you can. Unscrew un, uh, and there's a little filter in there, and that could be clogged, that could be causing part of it, or else there's some other blockage somewhere in, in the actual fixture. Um, okay. Uh, and if that's the case, you just have to replace the fixture, okay? All right, all oh, good.
8: All right, well, good. great. Does that all thank make sense? Does
2: that make sense to you? Yes,
8: it does. All right, yes, it does.
2: all right, all right, thank you. A lot.
8: All,
6: right. all right, thanks, Aaron, right.
1: appreciate right. that. Bye. See, I don't know, I'd. I'd I would have said we're European, you know. That's what we're <laughs>
0: –
2: I would have a lot of fun with that, but well, that's a whole that, different story. Yeah. So. Well, you know,
1: <laughs> we, have, we have
2: different roles here. What can I say? <laughs> that's exactly
1: right. Exactly right. Folks, you're listening to the Helotech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show here Saturday at your service on KMOX. Denny Carr in from Mostly Building Arts. Greg Damon sitting in the big chair. Hey, if you want to join us, we would love to talk to you. 314-436-7900. 1-800-925-1120. We're going to take a quick timeout. We'll come back with more conversation and your phone calls. Stick around. You're listening to the Home Improvement Show, KMOX.
0: Welcome back to the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show. Now, once again, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX.
1: Welcome back, my friends. 11.38 is your time right here in the heart of Mid-America. Scott Mosby taking a little time off in some warmer climate. Lucky dog. Greg Damon sitting in, also Denny Carr for Mosby Building Arts. Denny, how come we don't get that kind of gig? Uh,
2: I don't know. Uh, well, but I was just in Orlando last oh, weekend. Oh, well, so, then, okay, so, forget you. So, so, actually, I'm an exception to this rule. Yeah, exactly. See, see I've how i always thought that anyway. So. I'd be like, well, you know, can't I just stay another week? It's yeah, kind of I, well, <laughs> I wanted to stay another week, believe me. I thought, I don't want to come back to cold weather.
1: Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Let's go to the phones. How about we talk to Debbie? Hi, Debbie, you're up next on the CAMWX Foundation, or <laughs> CAMWX <laughs> Home Improvement Show.
10: Hi, I have a quick question about a cinder block foundation from a 1930s house. Okay. I've repaired all the leaks in it using a quick-crete, the hydraulic Mm -hmm. quick-crete. And then I wanted to go back through, and I have some others that have been repaired years ago that I don't have any active leaks, but I need to um, take the paint off the wall, because it's starting to bubble a little bit, okay, and then refinish it with some dry lock. Okay, but I need to know what I can use for a skim coat to make the cinder block look more even and aesthetically pleasing.
2: Um, it's always a challenge to be honest. Uh, you know there are, there are I don't have a specific answer for you. That's the first thing I have to tell you, but um, because it any kind of anytime you have a cinder block type surface, even when you fix all, and you sound like you've been very diligent in repairing all those cracks and stuff, it's really hard. It's a a, a very porous type of surface, and it's mm-hmm. it's as you well know, <laughs> I'm sure. Um, but it's it's you know there's there's types of coatings, but I I'd be honest, I don't have an answer for you as to exactly what you can use for that. Um,
10: so on the Quick Creek brand, there's several different types that mm-hmm. you can use. And I did use one that was hydraulic, and I put it on and evidently put it on too thin because okay. once it dried, it turned to a powder and just fell right off.
2: Okay, yeah. Is now, there
10: a certain one that I can use or just use it thicker?
2: I think you're going to need to use it thicker, first of all. But again, it's it's an area that I'm not comfortable enough to give you an answer because I, I just don't know the specific answer. Um, you'll have to okay. do a little more research, but I wish I had a, a better answer for you.
1: Probably, probably would help to have a professional come out and look at it right. and, and kind of at least consult you on what to do.
2: Yeah, and it, it, I'll tell you, if you want to call our office, there are other people that have some more specific uh, expertise in that. Um, uh, and if you call us at 909-1800, uh, they, they will contact someone there that can help you with that. Uh, I, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm sorry that I can't a- answer the question for you.
10: No problem. Thanks so much.
2: All right. Thank you.
1: Thanks, Debbie. Let's uh, move on. How about we talk to Bob? Hi, Bob. You're up next on the Home Improvement Show. Hey, Bob.
7: Good afternoon. i got a couple of quick questions, Uh Uh, one hot and one cold. My 18-year-old 80% furnace works fine, except every fall the inducer uh, fans stick, and I have to stick a little screwdriver in there to get it going. And I might have to do that two or three times, then it's fine. As though it knocks off rust or something. Okay. And uh, with the age of it, I wonder if I should look at a repair on that motor, or maybe just look at a new furnace. And I've got an air conditioner that's probably fifteen years old, and it works great. But uh, what I have to pay for about two months for a co- for a electric bill during the summer is uh, <laughs> not so hot.
2: Mm-hmm. So, so
7: should I think about replacing everything or just uh, getting a little repair I,
2: well to be honest uh, in the life cycles of heating and cooling systems that's probably reaching reaching the end of its life so I would yeah. I would probably be inclined to look for an, a new system and and do both of them
1: and they're you so know. much more efficient today yeah. than, than yeah. 18 years heck they're so much more efficient than five years ago
2: that's absolutely true and uh, with the kind of systems that they have today uh, they they vent them differently. Everything is done so differently. If you get a high efficiency system, they are really incredibly efficient, um, and your costs will go down. Um, yeah. And so I would probably think it sounds like you're just at that point. You you're probably ready to to look at a new one.
7: So I, I just need to what get three estimates and then uh, gag. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well you know there's I still think there's tax credits from uh yeah, from are. like uh electric company and the gas company and right.
2: things like that too. Yeah. There are some some credits out there, so you know, when you talk to your uh, whoever the heating cooling guy is, I would uh certainly talk, ask him about those as well. Sure. All right.
7: Well okay. Uh, I was leaning that way, but uh appreciate uh what you said. Thank well, you.
2: Let me give you a little nudge. I think it's it's really time. So
7: All Yeah. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I tend to try to keep it going, but uh, that's a bad habit of mine sometimes.
2: <laughs> well, and I get it, and it's there's nothing wrong with that. It's just that I think it'd be well served to get a new one, and, and then you don't have to worry about it for some time to come. So.
7: Okay, this is a good show. Thanks. Thank you.
1: Thanks, Bob. Let's talk to Daryl. Hi, Daryl. You're up next on the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show.
11: Hey, this is a good question that was just asked because I've got a follow-on for that. Okay. Okay. Um, I've just been looking online, uh, and it seems, okay, first of all, the cleeds is still offering credits, but the tax credits expired a while ago. Um, for a furnace replacement now, as well as for new construction, the way I read it, there is now uh, federal regulations or legislation that says we're going to have to go to a 90% or better efficiency rated furnace no later than... Uh, i mean, uh, as of January 1st of 2019,
0: mm-hmm.
11: that, is that correct? I believe
2: that's correct. Yes.
11: Okay. So up until then, an 80% would still be.
2: That is correct.
11: Allowed. Okay. That's, that's the way I was interpreting it. Um, okay. With the, uh, uh, AFUE of, uh, 90 plus, and by the way, Laclede kicks in at 92% efficiency. Okay. Um, it's on their website. Um, yeah those are all condensing furnaces and require uh, exhaust direct to the outside, not through the uh, chimney. I think there may be provision for putting a flue line or something, but uh, that would be a pretty expensive proposition.
2: That's correct. Yeah, most of them are going to use a PVC type of system to vent it to the side of the house.
11: Okay. So at that point, uh, anything else that's vented to the chimney like the... Uh, uh, hot water heater, or uh, that would uh, not be affected at all by where the furnace is being vented. That's correct. Okay. And it, and it is not okay to vent a dryer to the chimney because of the humidity?
2: That's correct.
11: Okay. So that also has to be a direct uh, to the outside.
2: Correct. Much but like it, a, it, a bathroom fan, too, right? Right. It shouldn't be over. I, I want to say the maximum allowed venting pipe is 30 feet. And that's really pushing it. So that's a, that's a long way to go for, <laughs> yeah, to for
11: air pressure to push it up that high against the atmosphere. Um, okay, so on the furnace replacement, um, and uh, AC replacement as well, is it, um, I'm sure it's recommended to do it as a matched pair from the same manufacturer. But is that uh, really a problem? Of uh, and if so, what kind? I'm going to two different brands. For instance, if it was staggered, the installation. Do the furnace, uh, if it needs to be replaced now, which the air conditioning doesn't in the in winter times, early winter. But it might be a little. I don't know if it's tough for the uh, technician to be working outside putting in the. compressor uh, so out there and what that's, that's their job trust yeah, me they're used yeah, to it
2: yeah and believe me don't don't worry about them that's that is absolute what they do I've done it myself for years and you, when you work outside that's part of what happens but I will tell you that as far as mixing systems you can you can do that but you really need to talk to your heating cooling specialist to find out uh, what is going to work best um, and they, they can drive you in the right direction for that if you're gonna if you're gonna do it as two different projects, Uh, Even if they do it at the same time, they can do a matching system or have it be... um, One brand to one, one brand to other. Correct. Correct. So it's just one of those kind of things where talk to your heating and cooling guy, and and they will advise you in the right direction as to what the way to go go about that is.
1: Yeah, maybe a little cheaper labor to do them both at the same time, but it's probably not going to be that much, you know, savings in that way, so... All right, Daryl, thanks so much for the phone call. Appreciate that. Folks, you want to join us, 436 7900 800 925-1120. We're going to take a quick timeout. Coming back with more of the Helitech Foundation Home Improvement Show here on a Saturday at your service
0: on KMOX. Welcome back to the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show. Now, once again, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. Welcome back, everyone.
1: Rounding out. Our number one, don't worry, though, we're going all the way till 1 o'clock today. We're answering your questions. I should say Denny Kaur from Mostly Building Arts is answering your questions. I'm just sitting here, you know, having fun, making fun of Denny here today <laughs> on the Helotech Foundation Home Improvement Show. We'd love for you to join us, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Those are the phone numbers. And I say we're going all the way till 1 o'clock today. So plenty of time for you to jump on and ask uh, ask any question you do have. Well, Denny, again, beautiful day outside and uh, many folks out there maybe walking around their house today going, wow, I didn't know it was so bad, all the sticks and leaves and stuff and my gutter's hanging out. I need to get up there and get that done.
2: Right. And that, that's absolutely critical because I will tell you what happens is when, with all that leave and debris in there, um, as you do get rain and then snow, especially snow melt, as it, it starts to melt and then refreeze, it creates a great big, huge ice ball in there. And the weight on those gutters is tremendous, to be honest, and it will actually pull the gutters off at times. I've seen oh, wow. that okay. done as well. So, um, And if you know, it's, it's just one of those things to keep everything free and moving anyway. Uh, that's where some of the gutter covers and things like that are really – there are some really efficient systems out there. There is no perfect answer to covering a gutter, um, but there are some that are very, very efficient. And uh, that just keeps the gutter – itself moving properly yeah. um the other thing is whenever you have water uh, any kind of water issue like that you also want to make sure your down spots are draining and are running at least 10 feet away from the house because um water that's up against that foundation will run down along between the foundation and it as it thaws and freezes as well it that's where you can start getting some cracks in the foundation and potential leaks um in the spring, when you start getting your wet weather, uh, then you get water that will actually goes underneath the foundation, the footing, and under your floor, and it will start coming up through the the basement floor. So those are all things that you you know you say, well, it's cold outside. What do I have to do? These these are the kind of things you want to do to make sure you're protecting it.
1: Well, it, at Casa Damon, you know, we have uh, my my gutters actually go down underground. Right. You know, like they've they buried the, mm-hmm. buried the tubing underground. Uh, so obviously it's. visually it's, you you can't see it. You just have to kind of fill up the downspout and see, make sure that it does, uh, make sure that it does. Flush
2: out someplace. Correct.
1: Do you know where the ends are? Uh,
2: somewhere, somewhere somewhere
1: when it it rains, when it rains, (laughs) it's like two rivers on the side of my house. So, uh, I'm assuming it's in the swale on both
2: sides. It's more than likely that's the logical place that it it will, uh, you know, basically exhaust to. So, um, yeah, you just want to get rid of that water so it's not sitting up against that foundation, uh, especially in the cold weather. Because any any moisture again will freeze, and you have expansion with that, and uh, it it creates problems. So,
1: and yeah, I've always wanted to, uh, you know, go down and uh, dig that up, and then just kind of lay, uh, lay, you know, pipe all the way out to uh, out to the street so it goes into there. But
2: and I'll tell you, if you do that, uh, it's probably football t- on TV or something. <laughs> The, uh, the biggest thing is when you're doing, uh, a lot of times with, you know, people who use that corrugated stuff, that black corrugated stuff, <clears throat> and that is effective in trying to get rid of the water. However, it does collect a lot of debris. So that's where a PVC pipe is much, much better, much more durable, and will take a lot more abuse than that black PVC, that uh, black flexible the, stuff. The corrugated right? stuff. So
1: it, The corrugated is so much easier to use, though, Denny. <clears throat>
2: Oh, I know it's a lot easier to use, but uh, (laughs) nobody said it was about being easy, Greg, especially for you. That's true. That's true. (laughs) It's supposed to be hard for you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, you know, we're just doing our job to help. (laughs) <laughs> but, well, I, I appreciate you being there for me, Denny. You're just <laughs> like my wife. It's like right on the edge, and she just gives me just, a little show. Just so. a
2: little push and a little little <laughs> nudge.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we're rounding out hour number one here on the uh, KMOX, Hela Tech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show, Saturday at your service. Denny Core in from Mosley Building Arts. Greg Damon answering your phone calls. You want to join us, 314-436-7900. Or 1 800 925 1120. got some folks on hold. If you want to hang on, we'll get to you when we come back after the news with uh, Mr. Brian Kelly. Uh, but I got some other questions. Denny, I've, I've got a whole list here that I'm writing down for you. Oh, so well, you I better can't be ready.
2: Greg. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's always an adventure.
1: With always you. an adventure. All right. <laughs> we'll see you on the other side of news, my friend.
0: Now, KMOX at your service. Welcome to the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show. Now, here's your host, Scott Mosby, on KMOX.
1: Welcome back, everyone. Our number two of the Helotech Foundation Home Improvement Show here on a Saturday at your service here on KMOX. Denny Core in for Building, or from Mosby Building Arts. Greg Damon sitting in the big chair answering all your questions. Scott's out sunbathing somewhere in some warm climate,
2: I'm assuming. I think he's somewhere west. West and warm. That's, oh, that man. much I know. I'm so jealous of him.
0: <laughs> well,
2: <laughs> we're all jealous of him in a lot of ways. So. That's right. That's right. Folks, we're going to... Go ahead. I wish, gonna, go I, ahead. wish I knew as much as him. So. Well, me too. He, he does. I, I got to tell you, he amazes me every Saturday when I listen. I listen to him uh, periodically, and it's just mind-boggling, all the stuff that he knows. I, that's, I, it just, you know... I wish I, I wish I knew what he's forgotten over the years. I... That would be well, the I best. forget. What was that?
1: <laughs> okay. Denny Kaur, he'll be here all week, folks. Don't forget to tip your bartenders and waitresses. <laughs> That's right. Folks, this is the Helotech Foundation Home Improvement Show on KMOX. We invite you to join us, 314-436-7900, 1-800-925-1120. Marilyn's been hanging on hold. Let's go back and talk to her. Hi, Marilyn. You're up next on the Helotech Foundation Home Improvement Show.
12: Yes, I have a problem. A house was built in the 1960s, and within the last two or three weeks, when I shower, I get hot water, not too hot, but I don't have to add any cold, and I'm always holding my breath. I don't get shampoo in my head and can't get it out. (laughs) I don't know why all of a sudden I have hot but not real hot. I don't know what to do. (laughs)
2: Um, It sounds to me like the valve uh, operating your shower is what, where the problem is so i i would say you'd probably need to have that repaired or replaced um so what basically happens is you've got your hot water and cold water come into that valve and that's where it diffuses it and you can adjust it and everything um so it sounds like that's where your problem is so i think you're gonna have to have a plumber out to look at that uh, specifically to address to address that problem
12: well, here's the other thing. It's a two-handle shower, right? So that how do you get to it?
2: So, it's a tile wall, I would assume. Yes. So, unfortunately, they're going to probably have to take a couple tiles out in order to get into that uh, valve, and 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 there may be it may be possible just to repair it, but um, it's just one of those things. Until you get into it, it's hard to say. Um, I would say that. They're going to have to remove some tiles around where the two shower, uh, handles are. Um, and then they may have to re- just replace the valve. It's again, my guess well, is be
12: one valve or two.
2: <clears throat> well, there's one valve, but those two, oh, okay. those, you have two different, uh, shutoffs basically is what your, your, uh, handles are acting as now. And they'll go into a central valve and that comes out your shower head, um, but you'll have to go in and probably connect them to where there's just one handle, because uh, they're they're doing that now to make sure that people aren't scalding themselves and things. It's kind of the things you are concerned about yourself um, mm-hmm. with the individual controls on them. Um, so you're probably going to have to take some tile out, and then when they replace the tile, it's going to you'll just have to do something that's going to be compatible or look like a design or something of that nature. <laughs>
12: Always something there, else. <laughs> there's always
2: something, and in, in, in this business, there's there's always something. Always, well, no matter what
12: you I, do. It was just such a puzzle because I had never had that problem before.
2: Yeah, it, it just sounds like uh, your cold water valve might be acting up, and that's what's that's why you're not getting the consistent flow from both.
12: Well, I will look into that. All right. Thank you.
2: Thank you. <laughs> bye bye. Bye bye.
1: Thanks Marilyn, thanks for the phone call. Folks again, that just it's just that easy 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Boy, that's something that uh kind of what I alluded to earlier with all the hard water and stuff like that. I you know, I have that uh, I have that Moen valve in my shower. Mm-hmm. And boy, I got to replace that but every couple of years, you know, have to because all the all the deposits get collected there.
2: And you know, depending on the valve itself, they'll they're going to be some that are better than others. Than others and it's, you know, when you have hard water, that's just there's not a whole lot you can do about it. It's just going to clog those those things up. So um, <clears throat> if you're, you know, if you go to a plumbing supply place and get a, a better quality valve, it's usually going to perform better for you. Um, however, again, it's all related to the amount of minerals that are moving through that water and collecting.
1: Just one of those homeowner expenses you got to buck up for. Uh,
2: you know, nobody likes it. <laughs> Kind of like buying tires for cars. Nobody likes it, but you got to do it. So, Uh, you know, or changing oil. Those are things that are if you don't do it, they're essential to the operation of the automobile. And and as it is for uh, maintenance on a home, you have to always do those little things that people take for granted. And then all of a sudden, there's a major catastrophe, and they're saying, "Well, why did this happen?" And and it's just because you have to take care of it. Uh, It's you know, we were talking about the cold weather and gutters and all that, all the outside stuff. You've got you know you got to keep your house clean and things like that that's it. when you're looking at a lot of these vinyl siding houses today a lot of these houses have had it for 20 years 25 years and you will see mold and stuff that grows right. on it it just needs to be cleaned off it's not it's not catastrophic but it's something that needs to be done and it makes the house look better and it also will, it, it's it's actually a healthier environment not having all that stuff growing on the side of the house so uh, yeah, we just always have to be diligent uh, in in taking care of our homes and our automobiles. I know you you promote that all the time. We've so. got a whole list about that today. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, and it's it's just about that's that's just kind of it makes sense, but it's kind of the things that we have to make sure we're being diligent on.
1: Well, you know, not only that, but I mean, you want to you want to be happy in your home. I mean, you want to make sure that your home protects your family. I mean, obviously just like your car does. That's right. Your ho- you you know, your home is what protects you. I mean, I was I was uh, uh, laying in bed last night watching TV, and all of a sudden, man, I heard this big gust of wind, and just kind of like, you could hear it across the shingles, like, boom, mm-hmm. and I'm like, glad well, my roof's in good shape. Yeah, no, <laughs> you, you know. bet,
2: you know, because, you know, a good good gust like that, and blows a few shingles off, and all of a sudden, you know, you got a leak, so.
1: Yeah, I just, uh, reason we talked, we started opening the show, I just had some good friends that... Uh, uh, woke up one morning and here's this big stain on their living room ceiling. That mm-hmm. there uh, turns out a skylight up on top of their roof is leaking. They had yep. to get up there and, you know, recaulk everything around the, uh, uh, around the skylight flashing and all that right. stuff. Right, absolutely.
2: Yep. And and you know skylights are, if they're done right, they're wonderful things. If they're done not correctly, you're going to have issues with them. And and you know and even the technology in skylights has changed so much over the years too. And um, they've got insulated ones and we can get shades in them and also sort of open and closing and all that kind of stuff that uh, the technology has grown so much uh, that <clears throat> you just have to make sure that when it's installed, that it's absolutely flashed properly. Like, uh, that's abs- the most important thing about a skylight or any kind of roof uh, place where you're in- making an intrusion into the roof it has to be flashed correctly or it's going to leak. That's just it's you know, the nature of the beast.
1: Uh, you, you bring up a great point, and I'm going to even throw this out even farther. You know, you have any improvements done to your house, so whether it be windows or siding or whatever, again, it's got to be installed correctly because it doesn't matter what kind of product you buy. You can buy the most expensive product, but if Joe Schmo, who's never done it before, puts it on, and that'd be me, by the way, uh, <laughs> you know, Put it on, and you don't put it on correctly or not level or, right. you know, something else. I mean, you could have major problems down the road and if and take all that stuff off again.
2: Windows is a perfect example. So when at Mosby, we'll always install windows with nail fins if there's any way possible. And the reason is because it allows us to properly flash that opening. Uh, one of the areas that most windows, you know, when, you, when you're replacing a window, you've got this engineered piece of, of equipment that is... Designed not to let water in, let air in, all those things. And it, it, they've done a lot of really great technological uh, things in the, in the industry to make sure that they're improving these to be really – so you got this great window. But if you address, don't address that little quarter to half an inch of space between the rough opening and where the window size is, you're leaving this big wide open gap that can be an oh, air place. And if you have any air moving in and out, then you also have moisture – 10, 15 years later, you'll go out, you'll take that window out, and you'll see all sorts of damage around Right, it be the all river. rot. Yeah, because the water's been running down the side of that all that
1: time. So I, I just want to, and this is really for me. Sorry, folks, listen, playing the home game of the home improvement show. This is this is Greg now yeah. asking questions. So, <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. But, you know, for me, when, talking about replacement windows, you know, I've seen people where they go in, they cut the window out of the frame and then put a window in. But really, shouldn't it the correct way be to pull that siding off and, and use the flange for the window or the window frame, I guess, and, and adhere that to the house correct. instead of cutting that window out of the frame.
2: That, so that really is the better way. I would say probably 80% of the window industry does it the way you described it first, or it's, it's a, a pocket install where they'll just cut a window open, they'll have this opening, and they'll just slide it in, no nail fin. If you put a nail fin on it, the, the advantage to that is, as I said, it allows you to flash it properly. And it also allows you to insulate it the right way with a, using a low-expansion foam. Uh, that's another technology in, in improvement over the years. Uh, you know, 20 years ago, I'm, I'm old, so I've been around doing this stuff a long time. <laughs> and, you know, they used to stuff fiberglass in there, and that was, that was better than nothing. Sure. Uh, but it still let some air in, and you'd still have some of those water leaks I was talking about earlier. Uh, by using these low expansion foams, they'll just fill that cavity, and it doesn't let any air in, and it's a really efficient way to to seal your windows, and any doors or any anything that you're putting a, a, an opening into a, a siding or a roof. So sure,
1: I I love that expanding foam. It's one of the best products ever. And...
2: Well, you just have to make sure you have the right one. Oh yeah, the yeah. low expansion, yeah, not yeah. the high expansion, because if you do that, I've you ran will, into that problem. You will you will void. <laughs> Avoid all your warranties. <laughs> I've, I've ran into the problem that problem. Uh, yeah, well. And you know, I've always been that
1: guy that's like, six is good, 12 is better. Uh, so. Well,
2: you know, that's not always the best answer. That's right. Greg. That's right.
1: <laughs> hey, we got to take a quick break. I know we got some folks on hold. You guys hang on. We'll be right back, but I got to do a little business. This is a Helotech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show on KMOX, Saturday at your service. We'd love for you to join us too, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Thank you.
0: Welcome back to the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show. Now, once again, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. Welcome back, everyone. Probably
1: if I turn my own mic on, I'd, that would probably help. Welcome yeah, back, everyone. This is the Helitech Foundation Home Improvement Show here on KMOX. 1220 is your time. We're going all the way till 1 o'clock today. If you want to join us, we would love to talk to you. 314-436-7900 or one 800 925 1120. Denny is in from mostly building arts, answering all your questions. I'm just here keeping the seat warm, pushing buttons, which I evidently I can't do the right buttons <laughs> anyway, as you just found out there. But uh, that's what we're doing here on the KMOX Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Denny, we got a couple of folks on hold. Let's go back to the phones. How about we talk to Carol? Hi, Carol, you're up next on the Helitech Foundation Home Improvement Show.
13: Hi, thank you for taking my call.
1: Thanks, Carol. Go ahead, Carol.
13: Oh, okay. Um, right, We have a stone porch, and the top of it is a flat, smooth stone, and it has concrete in between it. We hmm. found out a month and a half ago that water has been leaking, okay. and we've got mold underneath. In the, uh, it used to be one of those uh, storage areas. Okay. How can we seal that right now? There's nobody will uh, fix the porch because of the weather.
2: Mm-hmm. How do
13: we seal that to at least wait until uh, all the rain is over?
2: Um, it's it's going to be really hard because of the weather. Uh, it's, it's the time of the year that's part of the, the difficulty you're dealing with. Um, so I just want to make sure I understand. So this is like a... Um, you have almost like a cellar underneath this this area. Yes. Okay. Uh, you're living. You live in the city. Yes. Okay. Um, so you've got the concrete slab above. You can look to make sure that there's no cracks. You can get a uh, there's a caulking compound uh, that you can use. That's a uh, urethane style caulking that could uh-huh. be put in the cracks that might be visible along where the house and the concrete slab meet. Okay. Um, And that would be one thing I'd want to look at. Uh, And then see if there's any other places where water, that might be visible that you can tell where water could be infiltrating. Anything like that, you can use that caulk, that uh, urethane caulk. It's it's a very uh, runny type of caulking, so it will fill into gaps. In fact, uh-huh. you have to be a little careful because if it's, it will run forever. So you have to, um, if the crack is larger, you may want to put a little backer or something like that in there to make sure it's got something to hold it from just running forever. So, um, so it's not coming all the way through to your your uh, cellar area. Um, okay. But that would be the uh, about the only thing you can do to to re- to keep any more moisture out on the outside of the stone itself. There's really nothing you can do until the weather breaks, and you've got a, a, a better weather condition situation,
13: right? Um, well, it's uh, a decorative stone, you know, it's a uh, stone patches and it has concrete in between them, right? I know exactly. And what I know,
2: you're about. go ahead, I'm sorry.
13: Oh, okay. Um, and so I've seen areas where the concrete's actually sinking, mm-hmm. and we have some like moss
2: growing up on it, right. Right. So, again, unfortunately, there's not a lot you can do with that until you got warm enough weather. It can be remordered and uh, sealed that way. Right. Okay, thank you. All right, thank you, Carol. Thanks,
1: Carol. Appreciate the phone call. How about uh, moving on? Let's talk to Don. Hi, Don, you're up next on the KMOX Home Improvement Show.
8: Yes, uh, I live in an all brick home, built in the 40s or 50s. No insulation in the walls got any good suggestions <laughs>
2: um,
1: a house in the county
2: yes what, what part of the county Rock Hill Rock Hill um, there's there's not a whole lot you can do I mean you can you can you can add surfaces on the inside and insulate from the inside but it will reduce the size of your rooms inside the, the house um, there really isn't a whole lot Unfortunately, the brick has uh, uh, some heating and cooling effect on the rest of the house. So as it heats up, it's going to make it warm inside the house. As it gets cooled soft, it's going to make it cold in the house. So um, you just have to make sure you're going to have plenty of um, blankets and <laughs> and warm heaters and things like that to 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 deal with it. Because you know, short of insul- you know, putting up framed walls and uh, drywall, you're not going to ever do anything that's going to insulate that.
8: There's no way of drilling little holes and shooting something inside there.
2: Uh, you know, any of those little holes that you can fill would be good, you know, and you can use a, a low expansion type of insulation, type of uh, caulking type of material um, that will help, but it's, you know, that would prevent airflow. But it's as far as insulating the actual space you're really kind of stuck. Um, that, that's uh, some limitations to the design of what, how they built the house.
8: All right. Well, I appreciate your help.
2: I wish I had a better answer for you, sir. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Bye. Thanks,
1: Don. Well, that's uh, that's really tough when you come into an older host, uh, older home like that that mm-hmm. you know has the brick on the outside. Really not much you can do about that.
2: Uh, you know, we run into that frequently. You'll have uh, South St. Louis areas right. like that where you have – it's all masonry, so you got a masonry basic foundation, and the the footprint of the house is all made out of masonry, and then you have a brick veneer on top of it. You know, it's that's that stuff absorbs heat and it, it absorbs cold, so that uh, emulates into the house, and you're just it it just starts. You know, it's right. hard to control that. So that's
1: when you really need that high efficiency furnace. <laughs> well,
2: that will help. <laughs> you know, and it, but as I said. You need a good blanket and some, some little heaters that's if you right. need. If that's, that's what Coffee and hot chocolate. That's right. That's
1: right. <laughs> Let's move on and talk to Kathy. Hi, Kathy. You're up next on the Helotech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show.
4: I have a question about central. This house was just speaking of the South St. Louis houses. Um, I've got the identical thing. So it was built with forest air. I've got forest air in the interior uh, ducks but I have right now. Somebody at some point put in baseboard radiator system with a boiler. So I was reading this article in one of those magazines my sister gets, and it said something about these. And the historic houses have uh, um, a particular kind of central air unit where it's kind of less invasive. And I was wondering if you know anything about that. And do you know if I have to have historic house credits or you know designation or anything like that? Do you know what I'm talking about?
2: Uh, so I, I do kind of have an idea what you're talking about. Um, it it says here you're in St. John. Yes. Uh, I, I don't know what the regulations are for St. John in terms of you know, historic. I mean, that's that's kind of different zones of the, the city. Right. Um, and you just have to find <laughs> out specifically for each house uh, if, if it qualifies for that in that area. Uh, and regarding anything that's specific to an older historic home, I d- I don't have
4: this. The, well, this isn't necessarily a historic home. I just wondered if I needed to have it designated as a historic house in order to use that system. Because it um, seemed it seemed like it. Because you, you you see these old. You going to the Bissell Mansion, for example, and it's air conditioned. For... How on earth did that happen? Because it wasn't built with air conditioning, obviously. Right. You know, uh, but 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 still, it's cooled and and, and warmed and. And you don't even see the, the stuff where it's coming from. It's not like it's not like they have to tear up the floors and put in new ductwork and stuff.
2: Right, right. It seems. Um, again, uh, it's not my area of expertise, so no. I, I, I can't give you a specific answer. Okay. So I would just say call the office, and um, if you call us at 909-1800, 314-909-1800, mm-hmm. um, they, someone can help you there because... Uh, we do have a lot of people that have a great deal of knowledge, specifically on the heating and cooling side.
4: Yeah, I noticed that. <laughs> okay, thanks very much. All right, thank you. Thanks, you're Kathy. Okay. Bye.
1: Let's talk to Norman. Hi, Norman, you're up next here on the KMOX Home Improvement Show. Norman, are you there? Yeah. No one Hello. Yeah, I'm here. All right, go um, ahead, Norman. Hey, Norman, you got remember, you got to listen to us on the phone. Don't listen to us on the radio, okay?
8: Yeah, okay. Um, hot water heater, uh, rotten egg smell. Can I get rid of that by, uh, draining it, pouring bleach in it and replacing the anode with a powered titanium anode rod? Um,
2: I believe those things will make a big difference in the water, but some of the time, sometimes it's the water source. So you have to determine whether it's the water source or if it's just the hot water heater.
8: Are you on a well, Norman? No, it's in the city. But what happened was uh, the previous owner had the water shut off, so the water was just stagnant in the hot water heater for yeah. half a year.
2: Okay, so I mean, I think that would probably help considerably if you did that.
8: Okay, are yeah. the the titanium ones? I mean, they're like a hundred plus. I mean, are they worth the money?
2: Um, and they're w- powered. Yeah, I, I you know, I, I think they probably are, but, again, it's not an area that I can tell you specifically yes or no. I'm sorry. Well,
8: that's okay. I'd rather try that than replace the water heater, if possible. Well, no. I, I,
2: I don't disagree with that at all. Uh, and, and, again, if you'd like to call our office, because the advantage is that we do have plumbers that specifically deal with that stuff. Um, and if you call, they can help. We can help uh, find out that answer for you.
8: All right. All right. Thank well, you, sir. I, I appreciate the help. We right. listen to you every
2: weekend. Great. Glad to hear it. Thank you. Thanks, All Norman. Right. Bye. Okay.
1: Let's talk to Tom. Hi, Tom. You're up next on the Helotech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show on CAMOX.
8: Good afternoon. Uh, my question deals with outside faucets in the wintertime. Mm-hmm. I hear comments about shutting them off. Right. Question is twofold. One, how important is it? And number two, how do you do it? Because I do not see any valve going to the outside faucet line.
2: So if you have a frost-free faucet, uh, then there's nothing to be worried about. If you don't, you should have, there should be a s- supply shutoff somewhere that feeds that line. You know, usually it's inside, um, shortly inside where right. the, uh, the faucet is. If not, you may have to go back farther. Um, and try to the you- water lines back.
8: How do you tell if you have a, I think you said a frost-free frost frost free, faucet? Right.
2: Yeah. Uh, so it's, traditionally they're going to have a long uh, section of pipe that will build, uh, go into the house, probably about 18 inches that goes into the house, and that's where the connection is made rather than the um, copper pipe running all the way out to the actual faucet. So okay. it's a piece of stainless steel that won't freeze up as quickly.
8: Okay, good. I'll look for
1: that. Can you for your help. All right, Tom. Thanks for the phone call. Can you look on the outside and visually tell the 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 bib itself if if it's frost free? Uh,
2: usually, it's going to be indi- you know can indicate it, um, but not always. If you re- almost to really verify it, you have to go inside and and see the part that comes in the house. Great.
1: I know what I'm doing tonight. Thanks.
2: Okay. Yeah. Well, you know I, you know I'm here to help, Greg. You know. <laughs> I just want to make sure you have something to do well, because I, I know you don't have much to do. Exactly. With so.
1: two kids, I just really sit around and do nothing most of the time.
2: I, I know you, you do. You sound so. like my wife
1: now, but that's, well, all right. that, that's well, a whole that's, different that's show.
2: The, that's the second time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> With that, Denny, we're going to take a quick break, though, but we're going to come back. We're going to answer your phone calls. Also, more conversation. This is the Helotech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show on a Saturday at your service. All the experts here helping you out today on KMOX. Join us, won't you? 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120.
0: Welcome back to the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show. Now, once again, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX.
1: Welcome back, everyone. 12.37 is your time right here in the heart of Mid-America. Scott Mosby taking a little time off. That doesn't mean we can't answer your questions. I have Denny Cor in from Mosby Building Arts. He's taking all your questions. I'm just sitting here putting pushing buttons back and forth, and that's about all I do, Danny yeah, But really. you
2: do a great job of it. Well, thank right? you. Thank yeah. you. Evidently, I just you, you know, to know that.
1: There's like four of them that i got to do, and well, evidently I can't do it right. Even after 19 years, I'm still having a tough time. So. Well, as long as you get three out of four. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Folks, we would love for you to join us. Here's the phone numbers, 314 436 7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Those are the phone numbers. You got uh, questions, we got answers for you. We're going all the way till 1 o'clock today, so plenty of time to jump in and uh, and have your questions answered here on the Helotech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show. Uh, Denny, a couple of things that uh, that I wanted to talk about, uh, really, and, and, I, and I think this is, to me this is like windshield wipers on a car, because you never think about it till it rains. It's kind of the same thing for your house, and that's about your garage door, because mm-hmm. you don't think about it unless you use it. And a lot of folks don't really use it. For us, personally, that's our main entrance in and out of the house. That's just what we do. We don't go in through the front door. We go in through the garage door. Just something we've gotten in the habit of doing, and and that's the way it is. Right. Uh, so we actually had a spring break uh, last week and had to have a uh, new spring put on, and then uh, we had some rollers put on and some other stuff too. Uh, but what I want to talk about is because a lot of folks don't know that garage doors really need maintenance as well, uh, you know, they think, hey, I push a button, the door goes up, bing, bang, boom, I'm in,
2: and then I'm out. So, well, you know that, and you you find out what happens when that's the, your attitude towards it. It's just like you ran into your for yourself. You know, anything that's mechanical is gonna need re- some sort of maintenance somewhere along the line. So, uh, as you said, springs, rollers, all those kind of things are things that will wear out. They'll uh, a spring will break, and why why it breaks. Fifteen years later, who knows? I don't. I don't, I don't have the answer. We
1: lived there twenty years. This is the third time that I've replaced a spring, and actually, last time I had two springs put on. Mm-hmm. Um, still couldn't open the garage door.
2: Right, but. and it and it. So all those things are just vital parts to make sure that garage door opens. You know, it's a it's a heavy piece. You know, and you want to. And sure folks don't been, really notice know that's, that. That's right, it, it, because as you said, they're pushing a the button and there's really no no effort. They're they're looking forward to it. I mean, I've been around long enough. I remember when I got my first garage door opener, and that was an exciting day <laughs> in my life. When you got the, the, the and, automatic one, you mean? Right, Yeah. Right, because before that, you know, it was Denny was the garage That's door opener. Right. Yeah. Raining and everything yeah, else. And they were heavier and all that other stuff. So, you know, all of those things are important to make sure you're taken care of. Uh If the door is getting old and it needs to be replaced, replace it. Don't Don't keep putting it off because it's going to come back. It, at some point, you'll... You know, in your case, you use it as a primary entrance and and in and access to your house. So, um, but a lot of people, as you said, they don't. But all of a sudden, it's even when they don't do it, that's actually as bad as if you are using it because it, the fact that it sits so long, when you do go to use it, that's when those springs will break and and you'll all of a sudden have problems that aren't working or your opener doesn't operate or things of those nature. You just have to always take care of that stuff and and be diligent on it. Um, you have to, if depending on the kind of opener you have, you have to make sure that the chains are oiled and all, all those kind of simple things, not difficult. It's, it's five minutes in most cases. Uh, make sure your wheels are greased. On the, well, that,
1: the, that was a big thing about the rollers yeah. is, you know, many folks don't know that, hey, they need lubrication they too, uh, you know, both in the track and inside the roller bearing itself. Yeah. Um, obviously, not. you don't want to use like some rust off kind of, penetrant because that's just going to run out. Right. Uh, but, you know, some sort of good lubricant uh, in inside there.
2: There, uh, You know, and absolutely. That, those are critical pieces to make sure that it's going to operate. Otherwise, it just doesn't, you know. And there's so many functions in the house that are like that. You have to do it, you know, garage door is a perfect example of one that's it's actually a fairly complicated system when you stop and really look at all the different pieces and parts to it. Um but, you know, just an entry door. You need to make sure things are, are kept, the, the hinges are kept oiled and, and, and uh, lubricated and uh, making sure it's still locking properly and things like that because you'll, you'll oh. have houses that will shift. Garage is another example. Garage door will shift. You'll say, you know, it always used to close all the way tight. and Now on one side it hangs up. Well, that could be in the door. It could be the, the house itself is shifted. Right. And so all those things are things you're going to be constantly looking at.
1: Two things, though, as far as a garage door, something else that there's, boy, there's all sorts of new technology in garage doors where it's half the weight and insulates way better than it, than it ever has before.
2: That's true. With a lot of these aluminum and even they have some fiberglass systems as well, you can get them insulated and they are very efficient. Uh, and today, with the smart technology, you can use, right. you know, you don't even need to use a button on the side anymore. <laughs> you <laughs> Just use, your, use phone. your phone and say, open the door, you know, turn on the lights, do all that stuff. And and so uh, because of the advances in technology, you need to always stay uh, on top of all that stuff and keep current with it. Um, not everybody's going to have a smart home. I don't have a smart home. You know? and, I don't either. I want one. Yeah, uh-huh. it, would be, it would be nice, and I can see some advantages to it, but I, I At this point, I'm an old guy. I don't know that I know. I know, but that that that
1: ring doorbell system is is one of the coolest things ever. That
2: is, in fact, I was just looking at that. We, uh, uh, I'm going to be leaving town for a while next week, and I my wife is a little concerned. So I've been doing some extra security measures around the place, and um, you know, those are just things you. That ring system is awesome. Right. It it gives you all the video you need. You can. There's a lot of cool things that it can. I'm asking
1: Santa for one this year.
2: Yeah, Santa, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. well, you better be nicer than I've seen you today. Ouch.
0: So.
1: <laughs> Ouch! Also, I wanted to get back. You said about, uh, you know, the, the front door needing maintenance as well, or I shouldn't say front door, but any door in your house needing right. maintenance, oily hinges and stuff. See, personally, I don't necessarily think so on that because, you know, I have a teenage son, so I want to hear that door squeak when he opens oh, well,
2: it, you know, to make sure that I can. Yeah, well, we all have our own <laughs> motives, you know, and, and whatever works for you is what works, so. <laughs> um, one of the things we were talking about earlier, you were talking about you know good. You can get good products, but if they're not installed by the right person, right? That is such a critical piece to any whether it's autos like you work in. Well, I'll
1: tell you what. Let's expound on that a little bit more. But let's take a quick break and we okay. come back and we can expound on that uh, a lot because that's a, that's a great point. And I want everybody to understand that uh, you know playing the home game of the home improvement show. So. Right. Let's talk about that. Hey, this is the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show on KMOX, a Saturday at your service. You want to join us? We're going to head into the final laps here shortly. 314-436-7900, 1-800-925-1120. Denny Corr in from Mosley Building Arts answering all your questions. This is a Saturday at your service.
0: Welcome back to the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show. Now, once again, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX.
1: Welcome back, everyone. 12.48 is your time right here in the heart of mid-America. We are in the final laps here on the Helotech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show on KMOX. Denny Corrin in Mosby Mostly Building Arts, hanging out, answering all your questions. I'm Greg Damon, just pushing the buttons. If you want to join us, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Uh, Denny, before we went to uh, break, I'm going to sneeze here in any second. Um, <clears throat> it, before we went to break, we were talking about uh, installation, and it works both for your business and my business as well. It, it, it doesn't matter what uh, – let me let me start over again because, you know, parts are parts, no matter if it's for a car or for a home. They make all different kinds, all different pricings. But regardless of what you buy, if
2: it's not installed properly – it's not going to work right for you. That is absolutely the truth, and it's one of those kind of things that I've I've been doing this stuff a long time, over forty years, uh, in the window industry, in the plumbing industry. It doesn't matter what it is. Uh, you know, there are good and better products within the, the line, but if you don't install whatever it is you have cr- properly, it's going to never perform properly. And, and it's just it's only logical to think that way through. So you have to just stop and think about who it is that you're having doing it. Um, you got to make sure they know what they are doing specific to the project you're having done. So in, in my case, we might be doing a bathroom. You know, Do we have a, a qualified plumber? Do we have a good electrician? Do we have a, um, a good carpenter that's there to put these things in? Uh, if, if they're doing it incorrectly, it's going to come. It will. And what will happen is if the early guy does it wrong... It's going to start. It exacerbates exacerbating itself all the way through, and you just have to make sure you understand who the people are that are working at your home.
1: You know, uh, I'm just going to bring up this because I'm I want to keep talking about this. You know, being qualified. So my mother-in-law has a villa, and uh, she asked me. I mean, she's lived there ten years or so. Said, hey, you know, my sink doesn't drain very well, and uh, it, it it's it's been a problem. So I went over and looked at the garbage disposal. That's not the problem. You know, looked at the, the gooseneck. She doesn't have any clogs in it. Well, I start uh, start using a snake on it and find out that here's the, the drain pipe goes from, you know, from the gooseneck, goes straight out about 10 feet, then makes a complete right angle at the same level. It's not graded
7: mm-hmm. at the
1: same level and goes about another 15 feet right. down to the stack. And it's kind of like, I, how do you do that? Well,
2: it it doesn't work right. (laughs) Right. That's the problem. You know, if it's not planned out well and it's not performed well, it just will not work the way it's supposed to. It's it's a perfect example, you know, And, and water, we all know water runs downhill. So you need to have some pitch to it, whatever it is. And know.
1: that's and that's the point I'm making. When right. when you know, when you hire somebody that does very good work or has a great reputation and wants to make sure that they take care of your house or your car, that they know exactly what it was. And that plumber, you know, he's gonna make sure that boy, it's gotta it's got and I don't know the formula off the top of my head, uh, but you know, it's gotta have a graduation of a slope
2: right. uh obviously to the lowest point to drain. Correct. It, uh, and I will tell you this, we run into this a lot of times when we're doing kitchen sinks. So uh, frequently, you know, your, your drain pipe comes in through the wall at a certain height. Well, what's become very popular now is with these quartz or granite type tops and you have an undermount sink. Well, all of a sudden, the, the drain in the sink is lower than it used to be. So oh, wow. every, everything else is is being affected well, frequently we have to lower the actual drain pipe into the stack so that it can it can drain properly. If you don't, it's just going to be it's a problem. The same so, same you thing. Know, and uh, you know we run into this often enough. We've learned and we've had to learn about it internally to make sure we can, you know, produce it. To pr- uh, make sure the information is passed on to the right people. So for me, that as a sales consultant, I can come out and look at it and say. Well, we need to, you need to be informed that when we do this, we're going to have to open this wall up and create this, this, right. lower, uh, you know, because it's the, you know, that's, that's how you give people the right information.
1: Well, you know, uh, one of the things that I run into in my business, I have many people saying, oh, well, I can just YouTube it. Uh, well, here's a case in point. I was at the appliance repair store. I have to put a new, uh, new uh, drain pump on my washing, washing machine. Mm-hmm. Uh and so here's a guy here talking about, uh, telling, t- asking the guy at the appliance parts place, like, uh, you know, telling about his problem. The guy's like, look, I can have a technician come out if this is what you, you know, your issue. He goes, well, look, I can YouTube it and, and do it myself. And he's like, fine. You know, you're more than welcome to do that, but not necessarily all YouTube videos are correct right. on how to do things or they're not safe on how to do things. I want to point that out too. Right. Uh, and, and I, I love for my customers to be informed. There's no doubt about that. But, you know, there's something that's being said for you 40 years in the business. For me, well, you know, a lot of years in the business. <laughs> uh, but, you know, you have to have guys that trust because I got to tell you, if, if it wasn't for you and, and some of the other people from
2: Mosby, I, I when I have questions, you know, how, how do you know? How do you, Who do you go to? That, that's right. So you just need to always seek out the right kind of, uh, help to be able to help you know to re- to get the right answers because you know there are a lot of resources. The internet is a wonderful thing, sometimes, right? Because <clears throat> it's not always true, and and you know it's true based on somebody's opinion, but whether they're really a, a qualified person to to do that particular job, as I said, YouTube is a great it's a great resource. I've used it to to, to do absolutely, some things, but there are things that it's not always accurate, you know. And how often have you done? You got halfway through and then it's like, Well, this just doesn't work. <laughs> what right. do you mean? You know? Or it may work it may work on that particular
1: it's yeah a net picker situation, situation right. you know uh, compared to what yours is in, right. in my case you know you may have a, a different make your make model of vehicle right. or a different engine package or a different trim package on your car same you know same in the house you know behind walls you can't tell what that drain pipe looks like or yeah, where that elect, you know where that electric uh, wires run to you
2: you got an idea but you're not 100% sure that's that's right and that, you know unfortunately that's just what you're dealing with and when you're dealing with that you have to just make sure that you know you you get a good qualified you know mechanic to work on it so that they're doing it the correct way cuz if you don't you know and I'm not the guy who is always the perfect solution for that but I can find the right person to make sure that Absolutely. you get that, you know and that's it's the knowledge that you get in and, and with some experience that does give you an advantage <clears throat> but that it you know that's what we have to deal with so you know when we're when we're doing it we always kind of be looking at uh um, making sure we get the right guy to, out on the job and make sure the job can be performed properly. Or, or a
1: consensus of people right. that, in the same way, with working on cars. I mean, am I the be-all, end-all? Absolutely not. But you know what? People that I've worked with throughout the years, I know that know that information or will come over and we will have a collaborative
2: effort that this is the way we need to attack it. That's right. That's right. So, I mean, it, it just, just make sure you're looking through and... and Doing the research to get the right people. So. Absolutely. Well, Denny, i got to tell
1: you, man, it goes so fast every time you're here and we're hanging out together, and just like that, another show in the books.
2: Uh, for folks who want more information about mostly Building Arts, where can they go? Uh, the, our phone number is 314-909-1800, or you can... Check us on the web, and it's callmosby.com.
1: you got a couple of people on hold. Would you answer their questions after uh, the show's uh, over? We can do that. All right, so you guys stay on hold. We'll get to you right after the show's over. Folks, that's going to wrap it up for this edition of the Helotech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show. We will see you next week. Scott will be back. Thanks a lot.